Tonight we have Jen, and uh, Jen Kramer, and she's married to Richard, and uh, she's going to come up and she is going to um, give us a little. What do you What are you going to call it? Teaching, exhortation, teaching. Okay, good. And um, so I'm going to hand the. You're, you're all mic'd up, right? Thank you, Vicky. Yeah, it has been a day. <laughs> Tell you what. So. Uh, Interestingly, I was waiting for the last minute I could to leave because I was watching the tornado warning, and I had texted Richard. So Richard and Pastor Larry and Ronnie and Dave are on this men's retreat. They had already made it to St. Louis last night, and uh, so this morning they had about four and a half hours, and I had been looking at Weather Nation as an app that yeah, let you kind of see what's going on in the whole country. So I had already kind of foreseen, wow, it looks like you guys might really run into some weather. And so I turned it on again today, and it's like right in the line of fire of their travel. So he texted me a picture this morning. It was blue sky, but then later as the day went on, I'm watching it, and it's like, okay, we're at the tornado watch now, and you know, the all the meteorologists have all their radar and all their things they're doing, and they had one touchdown on Little Rock already. And anyway, it just kept getting closer and closer to they're in Humboldt, Tennessee. And so I texted them. I said, well, it just changed from a watch to a warning right now. Like, you guys are, like, life-threatening. You need to take cover. And he goes, yeah, the sirens just went off, and we just went into the basement. So I'm like... <laughs> okay and I'm like okay I need to leave because I need to be here but what's going on and so it was like all right I can't wait any longer I need to leave the house now and anyway he texted me that it, it passed that's all I know I tried to call him and I've tried to text him since but nothing else so uh interestingly that takes me to the topic I'm talking about tonight not about tornadoes but about waiting <laughs> Because today was like a waiting thing. And like, what do you do during the challenge of the wait? And uh, I think waiting is something that we all, we're all going to deal with. I mean, some things less and some things more and some things more intense and more important and some things more trivial. But uh, I know we're a small group, so I will ask you questions. And rather than you having to come to the mic, which I have, I'll be glad to just repeat it for you. So we'll try to make this easy peasy tonight. Um, but how many of you are waiting on something? Could be, could be a healing breakthrough, emotional breakthrough, financial breakthrough, maybe a job promotion or financial breakthrough, maybe a waiting for a godly mate. Um, so anyway, someone can relate to something. All right. And if you're willing, just to make this a little bit more personalized and applicable, I want you to think about what that one, just one thing. We might be waiting on a lot of things, but I want you to just kind of think about one thing right now. And as we go through this, hopefully it will be more applicable to you. And if a couple of you might be willing to share what that thing is that you're waiting for, either on Zoom or in the room, I'd, I'd love to just uh, hear it and I'll repeat it if it's not too overly vulnerable for you. Anybody? Okay. Healing for relationship with your daughter in love. Yes, and I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, waiting on relational breakthrough is, is another one I had as an example. Thanks, Don, for sharing that. That's truly a real deal. Anyone else want to share one thing? Something you're waiting on currently? Health breakthrough, Terry, yeah. Amen. We're standing with you on that, too. All right. 
Well, thank you for those that shared. And um, I want to share a bit of a example of how waiting can feel even longer when we're going through a challenging time. I mean, even today was a bit treacherous just listening for this tornado warning and seeing that they're in the line of fire and like, okay, doing all the things I know to do, praying, taking authority, seeking agreement with like-minded friends and such. But yeah, waiting can feel really extra long, like longer than the minutes that it actually is when it's a challenging time. And a couple of you probably know this story because I talked about it a year ago. It was about a year ago at this time. Richard, um, he was going on a motorcycle trip, which he does. And I I ride on the back sometimes, but that's more like for, you know, a two-hour ride, a three-hour ride, something just in Colorado. But I embarked on the adventure that was a little bit more cross-country, like not the whole cross-country, but all the way to Arkansas. So that's a pretty big trip. And so anyway, he... Um, he had it all mapped out, and so the first day he said, well, we're, we just really want to, you know, get to our destination, so we're going to hit it hard the first two days. So the first day was like, you know, seven hours, and the next day was going to be like six or seven hours, and I'm like, okay, you know, I was just trying to get myself geared up for it, right? Well, we had a day like today on the bike. The actually, I would say the winds were even gustier than today. So, um, it was one of those harrowing, life-threatening experiences for real. I'm not, I'm really not over-dramatizing it. I really felt like, oh dear God, just let us stay on these two wheels and not, not fall off because uh, it was just, it was so severe. And you're, you're holding on for dear life, and you're. And the guests are taking your helmet like this, and you're just tense. You're just tense the whole time. And so I bring this up because waiting can seem longer during challenging times. So I would do this little mental thing with myself, like, okay, I'm not going to look at the time. You know how it tells you, estimated arrival, seven hours. <laughs> okay, that's too. That's just too discouraging. So it's like, okay, I'm, I'm really not going to look at that clock for as long as I can go. And I, I felt like it was, you know, an hour. And it was like, hmm, seven minutes. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, God, no, it's just so long. Are we ever going to get there? And please, God, just let us get there safely. So... That was a real, that's a real illustration of how long waiting can feel when we're challenged and there's obstacles, sometimes life-threatening. Um, it's difficult. And we're so used to our fast food society, aren't we? Everything's instant, microwave, when are you going to hurry up, and text and I want a response now and it, it's just it's so immediate so I just think our soul just really has a hard time when we have to wait for things and sometimes waiting is so distressing you do things even out of character I was uh used to be in the mental health behavioral health field so um I started out in a adolescent inpatient facility in Houston, and the average career span for adolescent therapists is two years, and I was there six. So I was three times past that threshold, and I was really feeling it. <laughs> so I was so desperate to get out of this job, I could not hardly tolerate it anymore. And I would talk to my boss, and I'd say, gosh, please, can I just start working with adults? And no one wanted to work with teenagers, and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm kind of done too. Like, can I have just a little bit of variety? But, so it was not forthcoming, and I just, it was just this grind, and I just, I just didn't like my job anymore, and I was scrambling. But I, you know, I was single, and so the income was all on me, and so you know, you make decisions because you got to support yourself. And so, 
I resorted to something so out of character, which was trying to sell Amway, of all things. And if you knew me then, I was much less outgoing. My personality was nothing about sales and cold calls and setting up meetings. And I, I still look back and I'm like, who was that person? I cannot even believe I did that. But when you're so distressed and you're so tired of waiting, you sometimes resort to doing things that are completely out of character. All right, well, let's look at some definition of waiting, and I am not going to do the Larry thing because he's the master on the word study, so I'm going to be real simple and give you a few things. So Merriam-Webster says waiting is to stay in place in expectation of, to look forward expectantly, to be ready and available. In a biblical definition of waiting, the word most often translated wait is in waiting on the Lord. And I'm not sure how to pronounce this Hebrew word, kava. And that's to look patiently, hope, expect, look eagerly. And then yakal in Hebrew is to wait or hope, wait expectantly. So does anything strike you about these definitions? Just shout it out. I'll repeat it. Expectantly. Me too. Expectantly. What, Jason? Yes. And it's confident expectation. It's not just, am I expecting it to rain today? Am I expecting the bad news? But no, it's, it's, it's the hopeful, confident expectation that, of that outcome being good. That's huge, isn't it? I used to always wait for the shoe to drop, for the negativity. That was the way I used to live. Always expecting the worst thing. What a contrast to live the other way, of <laughs> expecting the good thing. Amen. So I just take comfort in that, in that when I'm waiting, I'm looking and I'm hoping, and not just a thing, but in the person of Jesus. You know, we can let each other down and situations don't always go the way we thought they were going to go. But when my hope's in Jesus, that kind of changes the landscape. And Psalm 39, 7 says, And now, Lord, for what do I wait? My hope is in you. All right, well, I am going to focus the rest of our time on a couple things. Um, one is just the reality of, I guess I picture it like a line. You have the onset of a situation, maybe that's the diagnosis, or maybe that's the job you hate, or the hope for the marriage breakthrough, or whatever it is, and then your desired outcome over here. Well, in between, there's a lot of thoughts and emotions, if we're honest, right? There's a myriad of those things that can really do a number on our soul. And depending on the situation and depending on how severe it is, how long it's been going on, those emotions can be maybe more severe. So it could go from frustration to, you know really hacked off or a little disappointed to depressed and hopeless and despairing or a little bit nervous to all-out worry and anxiety that is just overwhelming to you. And the thoughts I've noticed are usually a thought about God's nature or ourselves. You ever thought about that? Sometimes they're disguised. But I have found that in the core of cores, that's usually what it comes down to. So maybe we have a hard, maybe there's some layers above it, or maybe we have a hard time even acknowledging that. But maybe 
inside you might feel like you're a failure because how come you can't land that job or how come that relationship never works or you know or maybe it's if God really loved me he would have intervened by now I would have been healed by now that person and I would get along by now some things are subtle but if you pay attention, I'd look for it. In fact, I'd ask yourself in Holy Spirit, Lord, reveal to me what are my thoughts, perhaps about you or myself, during this wait. Sometimes it might just be so hopeless, I don't think I'm ever going to get over this situation or get through it or get um, come, to, come to peace with whatever that is. And I I have found, too, that because we have, and when I say we, you know, if it applies, fine. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I just think generally, as people, sometimes if we have a hard time being straight with God about really acknowledging that, yeah, I, I really don't think you care or something. We might not say it that way, but we might couch it like in a question. Do you even care what's going on, God? And the translation might be, God, I don't think you care what's going on. Do I even matter to you? Translation, I don't matter. Anyone relate? And if not now, maybe in the past. I know, I know I've grown a lot in my understanding and knowing the Lord, but definitely there's times in my history of life that, that that's a lot that rang true, that I was, you know, still kind of couched in questions and a um, little timid to be that direct with God. But at the core, I had those thoughts and those accompanying feelings. So our thoughts are powerful. They can greatly impact our emotions, which can then impact what our behavior. Yeah, so if my thought is, God, I don't think you really care what's happening to me, and so I feel alone or I feel sad or frustrated, then my actions might be I withdraw from God or... I take matters into my own hands because he doesn't care anyway and he's not doing anything, so I better hurry up and get moving. And that's when we can start making, trying to control things and manipulate people and trying to get it to go the way I want it to go when I want it to go. I've been there. So... I wanted to just highlight, that's just a reality. Again, ask Holy Spirit. Lord, what are my thoughts? What are my emotions? What am I doing while I'm waiting for this thing? While I'm waiting for this breakthrough? And I've kind of highlighted some of the more difficult ones. I'm not saying that it has to go that way. But if it does, then we can acknowledge that. All right, well, I'm going to get into some of the better parts now, hopefully imparting some tips, some things I've learned along the way about waiting. But one key that has been the most instrumental in my life is when I've got a hold of the nature of God is good all the time without having that always being the schizophrenic God of sometimes he's good and sometimes he's not and sometimes he puts bad things on you and sometimes he allows this or that and that that's just really crazy making and it, it really leads to a lot of instability in your thoughts and your emotions and your actions when that's not centered. So I'd say that has been the most key for me and I thank God for some foundations that have have got solidified 
particularly in the last decade, I'd say. And, um, you know, Karis Bible College wasn't perfect, but it gave me some good grasps of some foundations. And certainly Larry has helped add to that and revise that as well and uh, transform that and, and just continue. You just continue to build upon that foundation, though, of God's goodness. But it's getting stronger and stronger all the time. So I'm going to give you an example. This is a positive example. I can give you a negative one, too, but I'm going to go with a positive one right now. Um, I have an experience of waiting, and it's going to illustrate some of the things that I did that was really helpful for the outcome. And then the rest of the night, I'm just going to talk about other things that I think will be helpful for you during your wait. So, uh, Richard and I moved to Colorado in 2011. We lived in the Springs for five years, and part of the reason for our move is because we moved from California to go to Karis Bible College. And after that, we just thought we'd be moving on. We just thought this was a temporary move through. Yeah, we were coming here, but we thought we were leaving. <laughs> But anyhow, when when we both had a um, revelation that we were supposed to stay here, um, and particularly, clearly, we were to move from the Springs up the pass to Woodland Park, then once that decision was made, I was came to a place of being honest with the Lord to say what I really wanted in a house. And so... Some of you know the story, but I really wanted a house with a view of Pikes Peak. And Richard always teased me, everybody wants a view that has Pikes Peak. I'm like, well, that's fine, <laughs> but so do I. I really do. And so I remember sitting on the porch and having this honest dialogue with the Lord. And at first I felt a little bit hesitant to be honest with you because I said, well, Lord, can I ask for this or is this too trivial? But I, I tell you, I, I get so much, it does my soul so much good. It's like, it just brings me to a place of worship all the time. Every time I look at the mountain, I do. It, it, it just shows the vastness of God and his beauty and the majesty, the awe all, all the just things, and it, it just, yeah. And so, Lord, you know that. So my initial thought, God, can I ask for that? And then uh, it was followed by, well, you're a good father, and you enjoy giving good gifts to your children. So I did a quick little shift on a true thought. So even though I was initially hesitant, then I was hopeful because it's like, oh, yes, I can ask for this. Well, this is what I heard God say in my response to, Lord, I want a house with a view of Pikes Peak. He said, can you believe me for it? And I, th I thought for a couple of seconds, and then I kind of scrolled through everything I'd learned about God's good nature. And I said, yes, Poppy, I can believe you for that. And then he quickly said, then don't settle. And I tell you what, that was such a key anchoring word for me in my waiting process, which will take me to one of the tips I'm going to share with you. But that anchoring word, when, you, when he gives it to you and that's what you got to hold on to, it is so powerful. So then my action after that was I had a choice, right? I could agree with it or I could disagree with it, but I agreed to believe him. And he was faithful to remind me not to settle. And every single time we looked at a house, some were just easy, like, yeah, no way. But month after month after month, because this process went on for over a year, it got a little more challenging. And, you know, I'd see kind of a partial view of Pikes Peak or, you know, house, but the house was really nice. And there'd be a part of me that's like, ah, 
oh, this is really going long. How long is Richard going to wait for this? And I'd get back in the car and I'd sit down and the Holy Spirit would go, don't settle. I'd say, thank you, Lord. That's right. I'm not going to settle. So Richard would go, what do you think? I'm like, nope, I can't settle. And this would go on. Every I can't tell you how many houses we looked at. But I tell you what, <laughs> when we walked into the house that we're in now, as soon as we went through the entryway and the view of Pikes Peak was not obstructed, it's just right there. Even my realtor goes, oh my God, this is it. <laughs> I said, yes, this is it. Glory to God. <laughs> I was like, wow, Lord, you're really showing off. Because so many of those other houses, they were they were like a little sliver. It was a little this or that, but it, it was nothing. But this was like, see what you would have missed out on had you settled, had you not just waited, even though it got painful and it got long. And I had to, you know, I had to even tolerate. I knew Richard was ready to go with it. And I had to, I had to just not let that overpower me too because that's part of relationship too it's difficult sometimes because you want to accommodate but when I had the anchoring word and Holy Spirit was so faithful to tell me not to settle and now I have that testimony today and I share it all the time so not only do I enjoy that every day but I get to brag on God who it says, says the same to you with whatever it is that you're waiting on. You know, marriage is a big one. I, I had friends got married all around me. <laughs> uh, and I was just 10 days past 45 when I got married for the first time. I had a lot of, well, I don't mean to say that. I had a lot of opportunities. I had some opportunities to get married before that. I did. But it was the same compromise I could have made with someone that was less than God's best. We, you know, I, I didn't date unbelievers, but, you know, that doesn't, there's a whole lot more than that. I mean, you can just have all kinds of issues with various ways that you think about God and, Dif just differences. We know that, right? And I, I just look back and I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you for helping me just not settle or to go along. And then when it came down to it, not, you know, not go, not go any further. So, um, God is always wants to give us his best. And I wonder how many times do we short circuit it? because we get tired of waiting. <clears throat> and it's a vulnerable time, let's be honest. The accuser really likes to take advantage of that space and time of that line. All the thoughts and emotions in between that want to create doubt against our dad, wants to create doubt about ourselves, wants to get you to take matters in your own hands and try to expedite the situation or control it or control the other person or hurry it along. And he really wants us to do that and just mess it up when God's just like, no, I got this. I got you. So question, do you guys think waiting is a active thing or a passive thing? Active. Continue choice. Choice to. Choice to keep waiting. Is that what you said? Choice to wait and not to end wait. All right. Anyone else? Waiting active or passive and why? And if Zoom, if you got something, just let us know. Yeah, Jessica. 
active, keeping hold of the excitement and expecting it. Amen. Good. Yeah, Tommy. Amen. You got it, girl. I even have that in my notes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to repeat that for you on Zoom that can't hear it. But Hebrews 4... And I said I had this in my notes. It's laboring into rest, not not fearing, not worrying. And but but that's an active thing. I mean, because sometimes it's multiple times a day. You got to rein it back in and work to get back into rest and trust. Yeah. So I put down. I believe waiting is active while maintaining a rest in God as well. I think it's it, it, that's a balance. All right, well, let me spend the rest of the time talking about other things I've learned about God and myself to make your waiting process hopefully more fruitful. And you guys may be just way beyond me in this anyway, but I'm just going to tell you what I learned. So, first of all, God can handle us being honest with Him. Again, back to God's good nature, He's a good Father. We can share our thoughts. We can share our feelings with him, no matter how intense or desperate sounding or ugly they may be. We can say it. He knows it. It's not a problem. He's loving and he's patient with us. And certainly, if you ever read the Psalms, I used to read the Psalms a lot. <laughs> but it, it comforted me because I knew I wasn't alone in in some of those you know, intense emotions. So David definitely did that. But what I put as number two, I think rather than just remaining, though, in our lament of our thoughts and our feelings, we want to put but God and begin to declare who he is and what his promises are, right? That's the difference between just staying stuck in the in the yuck of the despair versus adding that you, God, are faithful. So let me, I just want to run through Psalm 130, verses 1 through 7 from the Passion. It says, Lord, I cry out to you out of the depths of my despair. Hear my voice, O God. Answer this prayer and hear my plea for mercy. Lord, if you measured us and marked us with our sins, who would ever have their prayers answered? And here's the but. But your forgiving love is what makes you so wonderful. No wonder you are loved and worshipped. This is why I wait upon you, expecting your breakthrough, for your word brings me hope. I love that. Expecting your breakthrough for your word brings me hope. I long for you more than any watchman would long for the morning light. I will watch and wait for you, O God, throughout the night. Israel, keep hoping, keep trusting, and keep waiting on the Lord. For he is tenderhearted, kind, and forgiving. He has a thousand ways to set you free. I love that too. He has a thousand ways to set you free. We can, we can. I can get so narrow because I can only see it happening one way or, or no way. But God has a thousand ways to do things beyond the natural, and that's what makes him God. All right, so what do we have so far? We're going to be honest with God about our thoughts and our feelings. We're just not going to stay stuck there. We're going to say, but God, you're faithful. You see me. You're working this out for my good. Whatever promises things that he's going to show you. You know, do you ever think about the people that wait on you in a restaurant? 
that kind of takes me back to the active part of waiting. You either have a good person waiting on you or not so good. <laughs> the ones that I really like are the ones that are attentive to me and they are aware and they're checking in. Not not overwhelmingly, but they checking, do you have water? Is there something else I can get you? Did you want to eat? Whatever. They're attentive and they're waiting on the instruction. And that's how... I think is another way to think about waiting on God. Our eyes are on him. We're seeking him for any new instruction that he might have. He might have a new rhema word to anchor you and your soul as as you're waiting. He might have some instruction for you. So that's another active part of waiting. Next, encourage ourselves in the Lord. What are some ways you like to encourage yourself in the Lord? Worship. Yep, me too. Walk in what? Walk in nature. I love. Ask him how he feels about me. I love that. That is so good, Jason. That is a That's a son that knows his father's good because some would be afraid to ask that question. That's awesome. Remembering nothing's impossible with God. That's right. Amen. Anyone on Zoom? Ways to encourage yourself in the Lord? All right. Those are all awesome. I also wrote down, recalling prior times of God's faithfulness in your life. Sometimes that really helps you get over the humps. I, I've done that too. And again, the longer you live, the more you get. <laughs> you're like, I remember when you did that, Lord. I remember that was such a trying time. And man, I never thought I'd get through it. But wow, did you do this? That's a great way to build yourself back up in the Lord and encourage yourself. You call those memorial stones. So even if you don't journal, maybe, but, you know, just you have those. You just kind of can pull them out. You can also review examples of God's faithfulness to his children in the Bible. That's some of the stuff I love in the Old Testament is reading the stories, seeing what he did. Who would have thought about a Red Sea parting, huh? Only God. All right. Knowing God's uh, promises and believing them is another huge thing to help us in the process of our waiting. I think I thank God that we have a sure word that's just not flimsy. It doesn't just change day to day. You just, you know, you never know, kind of like Colorado weather. You never know hour to hour, moment to moment. His word is sure. The promises are there. They're true. They're unfailing. And that's why knowing them, but then believing them, agreeing with them is so important during the waiting process, even when things aren't looking real well. You know, even when the doctor's report says it's worse rather than better. Or even when the relationship looks like so estranged it, it could never be repaired. Even when it looks like the boss is never going to recognize what you do and promote you. But God. Here's a few I wrote down. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.14 But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Victorious words. And then there's other things like 2 Peter 2.24 that by Jesus' stripes we're healed. Those are those other ones that, again, they're, it's in his word. It's not a lie. Now are there hindrances? Are there delays? Can be. We'll get into that. But declaring out loud who God is in your situation is a powerful thing to do. 
And I really mean out loud. Because so much can go on in here. But when I say it and I hear it, and the enemy hears it, <laughs> he knows. He knows this time is short. Amen. And then act like the son or daughter that you are. That means you're the one that has the inheritance. You don't have to passively allow the enemy to steal what's yours. So that includes healing. That includes prospering. That includes overcoming a, a habit or an addiction or whatever. We're not beggars. We're not... Uh, these orphans, the forgotten, not important, you know, whatever it is, whatever the lie is that the enemy's trying to tell you that you're not worthy to receive this. No, the inheritance is already ours. He just wants to steal it. And if he can keep us blind to believing it, well, then we're not going to take advantage of what we have. And then we won't fight for it. Making sense? So I'm a big one on, on that because that's part of our identity. And so along with that, then sometimes that means we do take authority. That that doesn't mean, again, waiting isn't just passively, well, God, I, I hope you heal me. No. We command sickness to leave. You know, we resist and break the power of the doctor's reports. Uh, we command whatever hindrances are blocking whatever it is that it is, is ours. And you know what? Holy Spirit will reveal that hindrance too, I believe. And I think praying in tongues and just asking for revelation, he can, he can just pinpoint whatever that thing might be that is delaying or hindering it. He can reveal those thoughts and those things that are just in the way. All right, I got just a few more and I'm going to be wrapping up. Um, don't overly focus on the problem, but on your answer. You know, sometimes we can just also get really hung up on whatever it is we're waiting for. Like, let's just say... As you know, I was single for a long time. Well, you don't know that. I was married when I was here, but I was single for a long time. I had plenty of people that they were obsessed. They were just obsessed with finding a man to, to the point, you know, going to church to church to whatever. And I, I was just always one. I just always stayed in my small church and I just served and I focused on, I focused on the Lord. It doesn't mean I didn't want to get married, but I... I just tried to seek him first and and knew that that was a desire and that that would just come when he lined that all up which he did. But yeah, the time the timing the timing was perfect. He was working on Richard, he was working on me. I wouldn't have wanted to marry Richard 5 years before that anyway, you know, and he probably wouldn't want to marry me 5 years before that either. So that's the way that is. But um, we can really get obsessed and kind of stop living sometimes while we're waiting because we're obsessed and focused. So I would just say there's still a balance. So even though we're doing all these active things, still live life. Still live life. Still seek Him and, and serve and have fun and, and do all those other things. And, and it just also works its way. Out, but we can get so hyper focused on one thing, and that can also just really al allow yourself to be tense about it and frustrated as you wait. You know, kind of like me on the motorcycle looking at the time, only seven minutes went by. You know, it's, it could feel that way. All right, keep believing, resisting, declaring. And stand. So I think you kind of said that. 
in a way, Tommy. As we're waiting, yeah, you just, you keep believing. You keep resisting the symptoms. You keep resisting the lie, the doubt. You keep declaring the truth about God's nature and the goal in mind he's got for you. And then you continue to stand. When you've done all stand, sometimes that's that's a major weapon, you guys. It really is. You just keep standing and he can't push you over. That's powerful. We done all stand. In Hebrews 6.12 says, Through faith and patience, we inherit the promises. So we've talked a lot about patience. But yeah, faith. That's believing when it doesn't seem logical. When it doesn't seem that it could ever happen. But what's the outcome? We inherit the promises through faith and patience. And then lastly, we labor to rest in his timing and in his provision. And that's the, those are those things you just continue to tell yourself. Well, thank you, Lord, even though it's taking long and I don't understand why this is taking so long. I don't understand why I didn't get that job. I don't understand this, but I can believe, God, your timing is just right. Your provision is just perfect. I can't tell you how many times I thought I wanted something, but then looking back, I'm like, oh, thank God you didn't let me have that. Could have been a relationship. But I remember the being jobs that I also um, applied for, again, just like wanting to get out of one fire well, he was saving me from another fire. <laughs> uh, because when I looked back and I realized, and I watched this person in that position that I thought I wanted, I'm like, oh, wow. I wouldn't have had the skills for that job. I wouldn't have had the maturity for that job. That job would have stressed me out. That would have been so much pressure. Thank you, God. You protected me from that. So even when you don't understand it, and it doesn't make sense at the time and you're disappointed, you could still go back and go, God, I trust you because you, you, you're always looking out for my good. Always. And even though I can't see it, I trust you. You're a good dad. And so I just believe the more we know God and the more we know how good he is, he's loving the more we can trust him and have that confident expectation while we're waiting. And we can trust his timing above our own. And while the world is really groaning right now with lots of things, you can just see it in the earth, can't you? <laughs> The nation's just raging. It really is. I think there's a lot going on in the spiritual realm. But I take comfort and rest in the fact that not only does God see me and you and you and you and each of us as individuals, he's, he knows the entire globe. And he's got that too. Because he's that grandmaster of multitasking, a great purpose for good and for his glory. But I still stand and I still resist and not those things only for my individual, but for my family and for my nation and for my church. And so, yeah, this does still go beyond us, even though I started the night with what are you waiting for? Well, some of those things might be big, much bigger than you. There's lots of things I'm standing for and resisting and declaring on behalf of our country and the world. So this applies to really everything. And I hope it's been helpful for you. I can't believe it's 7.30 on the dot. Um, let me ask you, since Laurel hasn't come out yet, how many of you, because one of the things I mentioned on here, did I? I think I missed that one. Oh, well, God, you got it, because I'm going to say it now. That is... 
Sometimes we need to seek agreement. Did I say that one? Seek agreement with like-minded believers when you maybe are weary and you're tired of the wait. I don't remember if I really highlighted that or not. But um, I did that today when I was talking to that tornado. (laughs) And I texted some friends. And I told them, let's take authority over this tornado. And I waited. And I spoke to but sometimes we seek agreement because um, we sh- it's okay to share the burden and there's power in agreement. So don't feel like as you're waiting that you just got to do this all by yourself. I would encourage you to, to share it with trusted people that can stand with you while you're standing and you're resisting and declaring and, and, and let them hold your arms up like, Aaron and her did with Moses, right? Sometimes it is. It is. Sometimes we just our our emotions and thoughts can get the best of us, and we need someone else to help. So, uh, is there anyone that feels like they'd like some agreement tonight with something that you're waiting for that you could be encouraged with? A few. Just raise your hand. Okay. Amen. Anyone besides Terry? Okay, that's all right. Well, why don't you gather, pray for Terry. The rest of you, um, just agree on her behalf for her breakthrough for healing. And if any of you uh, didn't want to say it out loud, but you want to share it with the person next to you, then pray in agreement. For that, and I also want to just add, though we don't have to wait till we're at our wits' end. I hope you don't. I hope you don't wait that long because we can circumvent it even sooner by asking for agreement. Because there's power in that. So um, don't don't have to wait. But yes, I hope this um, I hope this was helpful tonight. I'm certainly open for any questions or dialogue after service or any time, really. Really love you guys and appreciate the opportunity to share. 